play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We get out block them, we get out tackle them, we get out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. All right, welcome in. It is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition. This is week two of bowl season. Bowl mania, as they call it. I don't know that anyone calls it that. That's just what I like to say. And uh, we're going to preview all the games going on between Wednesday, when you will hear this podcast, hopefully, and next Tuesday, when we will record Week three of Bull Mania. Well, that's going to be the big one because that's when we're going to get into the college football playoffs. Yes. And talk about uh, the New Year's Six and everything like that because yep. uh, next Tuesday will be December 27th. Yes, it will be. But first, we've got to talk about the big time games like the New Orleans Bowl, the Gasparilla Bowl, and yes, even the guaranteed rate bowl. There's so many to get to. We're going to get to them now. Let's start with that New Orleans bowl. South Alabama against Western Kentucky. And this is a weird one because Western's Western Kentucky's quarterback, Austin Reed, entered the transfer portal. And then said, you know what? Nah. I, now, one of two things I, I've heard differing reports I've heard that he entered the transfer portal and everyone was like, meh. And no, I've also no heard <laughs> I've also heard that somebody at Western Kentucky hooked him up with a nice NIL deal mm. and brought him back. I don't know which is true, maybe both. But he will be back. He will be out he will will be out there without his best wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He'll be out there without two of his offensive linemen. And I listen, last year. I was probably the biggest Western Kentucky fan in the whole wide world. Because of Bailey Zappi. My guy. My guy. And I like I knew about Houston Baptist before, mm-hmm. and I said, watch what this guy does. Watch what this offense does. And it, it worked out well. We hit on this po- on the college football pod, we hit a lot of Western Kentucky overs early in the season before anybody knew what was going to hit them. We knew. Mm-hmm. This offense this season – Feels a little bit phony. Well, um, second in the nation, second in the nation in passing yards and fourth most touchdowns for Austin Reed. Here's the problem: if you go look at their schedule mm-hmm. and you say, "Where'd they put up all these big points?" You'll see. Well, it was against Austin P. It was against Charlotte, who's terrible. It, it was against FIU, who's terrible. Sure. Uh, it was against Hawaii, who's terrible. It was against Rice, who's like. Yeah, every crummy team they went in and put out big points on. South Alabama does two things well. They run the football, and they play defense. Yeah, This is going to be a lot different than what Western Kentucky's seen most of this year. Uh, They have one of the best backs in G5 in Ladarius Webb. They don't pass a whole lot, uh, but they, like I said, they are legit defensively, particularly when it comes to the pass rush. And when you consider... There's going to be a brand new left tackle out there who's never played left tackle mm-hmm. for Western Kentucky. Boy, it feels like this is a recipe to put Austin Reed under a lot of pressure, especially without his best wide receiver out there. Uh, to me, motivation points to South Alabama. They've they've never won a bowl game. 
Um, they don't have any opt-outs. This feels like a real chance for them to finish off the best season in their history. So I, I lean South Alabama and the under. The, the number right now is minus four, and the total is 57. What says you? So you mentioned one of the best seasons in, in program history at South Alabama. They're two losses away from being undefeated. Yeah. And the two losses that they suffered this year, 32-31 against UCLA. Yeah. Imagine they beat UCLA. And 10-6 to Troy. Yeah. Who is one of the better defenses Won their in conference. the country. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, five points away or six points. Or we'll call it seven because they got you have to get one more point than the other team to win. They're seven points away. That's a touchdown from being a 12-0 football team. Yep. And maybe being the highest-ranked group of five champion if they were 13-0. Oh, they would be. If they were 13-0, they would be yeah. for sure. So let that, thing, let that sink in on how good of a season South Alabama has had. You mentioned the Damian Webb uh, ran for over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. They have the 14th best scoring defense in the country. And Western Kentucky allows uh, over 150 rushing yards per game. So I think the key here for South Alabama, Uh-oh. run the football, <laughs> control the time of possession because yes, you might think it's a phony offense in Western Kentucky, but it's still the second best passing attack in the nation. The 18th best scoring offense in the nation, 35.8 points per game. The, the, the fewer possessions you can give them the better. So I think that's going to be the South Alabama game plan. I think that running the running game is going to have a, a real Real good day here in this one, so I would lean towards South Alabama. All right, so it looks like, looks like we have some agreement on that. Although the total, I might lean towards the over. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Armed Forces Bowl. Baylor. This is easy. Minus four. This is easy. Air Force total Dude. of 43. Dude. You don't have to say anything. It's a service academy in the Armed Forces Bowl. That's it. It's a service academy in a bowl game. Yeah. Period. Well, a service academies are three and zero straight up in their last three appearances in the Armed Forces Bowl. I, and service academies have gone twenty one and nine ATS in bowl games since two thousand five. Yeah, that's what they do. They cover. That's like they're like seventy percent in bowl games. They they cover bowl game because this is it for them. Think about. Baylor was in the they won the Sugar Bowl last year. <laughs> now they're playing in the Armed Forces Bowl. Also consider we are looking at nine degrees in Fort Worth, Texas for the Armed Forces Bowl. Wow. Really? Wind gusts up to 35 miles per hour at the Armed Forces Bowl. Do you want to back a team that's trying to throw the ball? Or do you want to back a triple option service academy team? I want the latter. Uh, Baylor has fired their defensive coordinator midseason, if you recall. I doubt. Listen, if if you're Baylor and your your goal is obviously bigger than to play in the Armed Forces Bowl, like I said, you won the Sugar Bowl a year ago. You're not going to spend all of your bowl prep time focused on the triple option. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tough. It, it, teams typically use these like if you're playing in a meaningless bowl like the Armed Forces Bowl, you're using those practices to prep for next season, not mm-hmm. just the bowl game. But I'm sure they'll do some triple option work. Probably won't be enough. Baylor D struggled against the run all year. They played their worst football down the stretch. They don't have the high-end outside weapons to beat the Air Force secondary, and Blake Shapin sucks. Uh, He's way worse than he was a year ago. I I don't see anything to like about this Baylor team. 
the weather, the motivation, all points to Air Force for me. All points to the under. The weather particularly points to the under mm-hmm. for me. 43, uh, which has dropped significantly. Uh, Air Force plus four, under 43 would be my play. I got Air Force money line in this one. Okay. Uh, they've covered and won their last three and four of their last five bowl games. I mentioned Service Academies, 21-9 ATS in bowl games since 2005. You mentioned defending against the triple option. Baylor's not going to be able to do it. They gave up 4.5 yards per rush this season. And the thing with playing against a a program like Air Force, you got to defend every down because they go for it on fourth down. They're 19 of 24 on fourth downs this season. So let me get this. 24 divided by the 12 games they played. That's on average. They go for two fourth downs a game. So you're going to have to defend at least two fourth downs in this game. And Baylor not going to be able to do anything on Air Force's ninth-ranked rushing defense in the country. This is a rare opportunity to get Air Force as an underdog. Why? Because they were not an underdog in any game this season. 12 games favored in all 12 games. Not only does Air Force cover, they win this game outright. All right. Sounds like we've got agreement on Air Force. Let's look at the Independence Bowl. And this is Houston minus 7.5 against Louisiana. Total of 56. And surprisingly... Looks like most of Houston's offense is going to play in this game. Um, I, th- and I say surprisingly because it didn't sound like Houston was all pumped up to go to Shreveport and play in the Independence Bowl. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell is an NFL draft pick, their wide receiver. He says he's going to play. Clayton Toon has not opted out. I shouldn't say that. Tank Dell has not opted out yet. Well, he he, he opted out of next season. He has, He's declared for the NFL draft, right. but, but he, he will play in the bowl game. Well... Will he play, or has he not opted out of the bowl game yet? He's said that he will play, so we're taking what we know for now. Because we've seen a couple of these sure. situations where, and really the, the the Bahamas Bowl, remember? The very first bowl game, it's like, oh, as we do the pregame show here, well, it looks Asian like... The rusher is not on yeah, the Yeah, <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> the number one rusher in the country will not be playing today. He made the trip, but he's not playing. Yeah. I could see that with Tank Dell. I could see that with Clayton Toon. Either way... It, Here's the thing about Holgerson. He stinks in bowl games. He doesn't care about bowl games. Two and seven ATS in bowl games is Dana Holgerson. I think part of that is the offense is so rhythm dependent. Uh, Houston has a couple flaws that I, I hate in bowl teams. They are a uh, an awful tackling team for one. They are near the bottom of the in the uh, in the country in penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams in the country. I don't know that. UL can take advantage of the secondary flaws for Houston, but given Holgerson's history in bowls, given Houston's preseason expectations, I, if you told Houston at the beginning of the year they're playing in the Independence Bowl against Louisiana, they're not thrilled about that. This team had high expectations. Uh, I don't think this is a priority game for the Cougs. I, I think one team's interested, one team isn't. And catching over seven, the only way I can look is Louisiana here. It's a de facto home game for the Cajuns. It's three hours away from Lafayette is Shreveport. Um, they have a really good defense. They've held opponents to under 23 per points per game this season. But they have never faced an offense like Houston. 
Uh, Houston averages 37.2 points per game, obviously on the strength of Clayton Toon, 3,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, and Tank Dell, over 100 catches, 1,354 yards, 15 touchdowns. And like, like you said, he's going to play in this game, or at least we think he's going to play in this game. Yes, Dana Hogerson has a terrible record in bowl games. Houston has not done well down the stretch of the season. They did not cover games. But what has happened is six of their final seven games have gone over. What do I say What on the college football podcast every week? Every Houston game goes over. You do. Why? They score a ton of points, and they don't play a lick of defense. Wow. They have no interest in tackling. And I understand that. Uh, ben Wooldridge, is that his name, the quarterback from Lafayette? Yeah. He's he's out. He's been out with an injury. But Chandler Fields was the backup, and he played in the team's final game. So he's got a game under his belt. He's going to start in this bowl game. I think I think Louisiana is going to be able to score. I do, too. My only concern, if, if we're playing the over here, which is 56, big number, is that Clayton Toon last minute decides, nah, I'm not going to play in this game. I'm going to the NFL. There's no reason for me to play. And Again, if we hadn't seen the Bahamas Bowl debacle, I wouldn't be so worried about that because what I've learned is not opting out before the bowl game doesn't mean that you're going to play. You have up until the last minute to opt out. Mm -hmm. And Houston has no motivation to tell anyone that these players aren't going to play. Sure, but what it it does do is, you know, um, it's it's an opportunity to – put a stamp on this season, which was a, a bad season, but you can finish the season eight and five as opposed to seven and six. It's a nationally syndicated standalone game. You're about to go to the big 12, make a statement, win a game you're supposed to win, show people what type of program you have. Here's what I've heard from Holgerson though. Recruiting is more important than bowl games. And Houston is not looking at players from Shreveport, Louisiana. He doesn't really care. He is more worried about getting the best players in the state of Texas he can get. They Houston is one of the teams that never uses all of their bowl practices. Um, that's and I think that's part of why Houston or Holgerson's teams they, are typically they, not good. Maybe they lose outright and they give up thirty-five points because you know what? It's possible. They don't play defense, and they can't tackle. It so, is possible. Hey, and if they're not practicing, guess what? Tackling is going to be even sloppier. All right, let's look at the Gasparilla Bowl. Wake Forest, one-point favorites against Mizzou. Speaking of not playing defense. 58-and-a-half. What's funny is Mizzou, um, Mizzou is a team that kind of relied on defense this season. That's all that kept them in games. Yeah, but unfortunately no for them, yeah. Everybody's sitting out of this thing. They've got two great pass rushers, defensive ends. They're both missing this game. They've got a great safety who's missing this game. <laughs> Their best wide receivers missing this game. Wake is going to be missing some pieces in the secondary, some guys who are opting out to go pro. But their offense appears to be intact. So uh, A.T. Perry's going to play. Sam Hartman's going to – and, again, I say they're going to play. They haven't opted out. Mm-hmm. Um and this is basically the exact same team they had last year. They lost one player off offense from last year's team. Uh, and Wake having extra time in the pocket, Sam Hartman having extra time without having to deal with that pass rush that Mizzou would typically have, it's kind of appealing to me. This Missouri offense kind of figured things out late in the season. They won't have, any, they won't have a Dominic Lovett, who's, again, like I said, their best wide receiver. And for an offense that struggled most of the year to now be missing its most explosive player, 
I just can't find a way to back Mizzou. Uh, wake overs are usually cash. Yeah. And against a Tiger defense that is a shell of what it was in the regular season, that's the way I would be looking. I like wake. I like over in this game. I'm buying on both of those, especially the over, because Wake has given up 30 points or more in each of their last five games, and you mentioned they're going to be without Gavin Holmes and J.J. Roberts, their starting cornerbacks. Yeah. So, you got your defense already stinks. Now you're missing your starting corners. Actually, it might make their defense better. Who, Who knows? knows? It can't make yeah. them what's worse. Um, but I do think that Missouri's losses outweigh Wake Forest. Oh, losses. for sure, for sure. So, I think Wake is the play here. All right, let's look at the Hawaii Bowl. San Diego State, San Diego, minus seven against Middle Tennessee State, total of 48. Can we play like the over in sacks for San Diego State? You probably could. I, so here's what I'm looking at. I kind of like the San Diego State team total over. Um, I, I I don't know if they're – I don't know what their defense is going to do. Uh, I don't think they're going to let – they're not going to let Middle Tennessee run the ball, but that's not what Middle Tennessee is looking to do anyway. Here's what I like about San Diego State in this game. They go to Hawaii all the time. They're in conference with Hawaii. They played last year in Hawaii. Mm. They know how to make this a work trip. And Middle Tennessee State, this is a vacation to them. Hawaii, this is not I the like, first. I like this handicap. This isn't the first time or the last time San Diego State's going to go play on the island. Mm-hmm. This is this is old hat for them. Uh, and I think San Diego State's going to be able to throw the ball. They'll probably be able to get some runs no, from the quarterback. No layovers either. No layovers. Straight direct one, flight. One flight right there. Mid, you know, from mid Tennessee, they're gonna have to stop over somewhere. You got to drive from Murfreesboro. You got to drive into Nashville. You're probably gonna, gonna go, go to from LAX. Nashville to LA. Yeah, yeah. no one wants that. <laughs> uh, middle is an inefficient offense. They can't protect their quarterback. I don't know how much they're gonna do on their side of the ball, but this isn't the the typical monster San Diego State defense either. They're not great against the pass. Last year, their defense was elite. This year, it's it's good. Uh, the weakness is they lost some guys in the secondary to the NFL. I think that San Diego State scores plenty, though. Um, and I think this is one of the most mismatched games of the bowl week. So I like San Diego State. I, I like the over. I think San Diego State's team total over is probably the safest way to play this. But I like both those things. What do you see? Uh, I I do think well you mentioned they 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 allow a ton of sacks and that's why I said can we can we talk can we do the sacks because the Blue Raiders can't keep anybody out of the backfield so yeah San Diego State certainly going to get after Chase Cunningham and for Middle Tennessee they can't defend the pass it allowed 300 yards or more in three of their last four games um, they I think that if San Diego State is going to have success in this game. It's going to be through the air. Um, you know, Middle Tennessee is very good against the run, but I think those numbers are skewed because everyone's just throwing all the time. And I don't see them offensively doing what some of the teams did to San Diego State this year, you know, meaning the Boise States, the Fresno States, the Utahs, right? Um those are the games that San Diego State loses when they give up a ton of points. And well, it's no coincidence that the games that they give up a ton of points were some of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. Against they, everybody else. They shut you down. Exactly. Yeah. This is San Diego State, they, yeah. When you play Jay Kaner, yeah. Oh, shocker. Jay Kaner puts up points on mm-hmm. you. Uh, no surprise. San Jose State, Chevon Cordero was able to put up some points on you. These, these aren't surprising things. Um it, but, yeah, I don't know that Middle Tennessee is that. I, uh, and I, I just don't trust this team in Hawaii. It, doesn't, I, it feels uh, short to me. 
again, I think probably my way of getting at it is going to be that team total. San Diego State has only allowed over 14 points five times this year. All right, let's look. Like, think about, like so. If we look at if we look at the games, right? Let's see. First game of the season uh, against Arizona. Arizona can play. You know, okay. they they can score a little bit. Okay, then they um, to Utah. Not going to blame them for giving up at Utah. Utah. Yeah. Not going to to Boise State at Boise State. Yep. Not going to blame them for giving up more than two touchdowns. And that was to Boise the fixed State. Boise State, yes. not the broken Boise State at Fresno State. Certainly not going to blame you for giving up more no. than two touchdowns to Jake Hayner. And then they gave up twenty-seven points to San Jose State, who you know, good team, Chevron Cadero, good quarterback, whatever. That's it against everybody else. Less than two touchdowns. Yeah. Even Air Force. Air Force only scored 13 points against them. But that also brings you to the point that they played a lot of bummy-ass offenses. They played UNLV. They played New Mexico. Like yeah. they, they played Nevada. Really bad offenses. So, uh, all right, let's look at – that's why I don't totally like the over in this game because I do think their defense is good against bad offenses. I just no, don't – I like San Diego State in this game. Yeah. All right, let's look at the quick lane bowl. Oof. Woof. If there is a poster child for there are too many bowl games, a bowl game that involves Bowling Green and New Mexico State, so who got to six and six with yeah. two wins over FCS teams yeah. and a waiver. But here's the thing for for Bowling Green, this is like their MAC championship, right? Because it's at Ford Field. This it is. is their opportunity to play in the stadium. That hey, when you start your season as a MAC team, your goal is at the end of the year to play at Ford Field, right? Yeah, you want to play in that MAC championship game. Now they have their opportunity. They do, and I listen. I think New Mexico State is motivated. You don't apply for a waiver and play an extra game if you're not motivated to make it to a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't. I, I'm not questioning that they'll be motivated. I just question if they're any good. And is uh, Diego Pavia playing? I don't know. I would guess so. I think everybody's playing for okay. New Mexico State. I've, I've got actually, I've got a list of all the current opt-outs so far. So well, it says he's questionable. So I don't know, but uh, maybe I guess he's expected to play. But if, if he if he plays, I think the offense will be fine. Obviously, if he doesn't play, the offense is going to be different. Um, New Mexico State. They, they're calling it a minor injury. Okay, so he should play. But there are some opt-out trackers that have him listed out. Uh, I, they say he's on pace to play to start in the game. Jerry Kill and Pavia himself have said he's on pace to start the game. Okay. On December 14th, which was six days ago, Pavia told reporters he was 90% healthy. All right. Well, all right. So if he plays. And Gavin, Gavin Frank started five games this year. Yeah. Uh, but it's still a different offense. For sure. Yeah. So this is this is amazing about New Mexico By State. By the way, you know, who's, you know who's in the transfer portal for New Mexico State? One player. Guess who it is? Who? The busiest guy on their team. The punter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, New Mexico State. He transferred to Arizona State, by the way. He's apparently a pretty good punter, 41, 41 yards per kick. Not so, bad. So this might be simple, right? But when they score more than 14 points, so more than two touchdowns, they're undefeated this year. It's like your Carolina Panthers. Uh, hand yeah, yeah, they're undefeated. They're 6-0. Okay. When they don't, they're 0-6. Like, look at their games. Their losses, this was their point total in their losses, 12-0. 13, 7, 7, 14. And in their wins, it's, you know, 45, 21, 23, 51, 49, 50, uh, 65, whatever. So <laughs> do you think they're going to score two touchdowns in this game? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. And here, here's why. Jerry Kill, in his career, storied career at Minnesota, I mean, listen, 
Zero bowl wins. Zero bowl wins in his career. Has no idea how to prepare for a bowl game. I don't have a great feel for the side. I think it's an ugly game. If anything, I like the under 48. Uh, but this is a game that I've got really no interest in watching. I don't really have a lot of interest in betting on it. I, I don't know that I have anything that I'm like firmly. This is what I believe about this game. I feel like this is going to be a game that people are going to watch because it's uh, it's it's at what? 30, 12.30, 1.30, 2.30 Eastern time, right? On Monday after Christmas, which is Christmas observed, you know, so people are going to be off of work. I think this is going to be something that people will watch. Maybe. I, I, I don't think I will be. I don't think I'll be watching. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the – do you have a feel for one side or the other? Uh, my feel is actually on Bowling Green. Okay. Uh, I think they have much more of an offense than New Mexico State. I would lean Bowling Green. I would lean under. I don't. I don't have a. I'm. I'm not going to pretend like I'm like. Yeah. This is the. This the, the, is the, way the thing to look is here. with Bowling Green is that their offensive line is absolutely putrid. So, if New Mexico State can get after Matt there's a McDonald, lot about both these then, teams that yeah. is putrid. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the Camellia Bowl. Oh, my jo- favorite. Georgia Southern against Buffalo. Ah, uh, if you've heard our podcast this year, I'm not a big Buffalo believer. Um, this is, well, this is, they're the luckiest team in the world. This is the best part about this game. Kyle Vantries, yes, was the quarterback at Buffalo for five years, thirteen years, I think. Yeah. Then he used the COVID rule to get a sixth season and transferred from Buffalo to Georgia Southern, and is now playing against his former program. Let me tell you what's amazing about Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern is, uh, well, and this is, if Buffalo played Georgia Southern last year, this would be great a great matchup for them because Buffalo's, they're decent at stopping the run. They cannot stop the pass. Guess what, though? Georgia Southern, who was a triple option for years and years. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. They almost exclusively throw the ball now. Fourth in the nation in passing. Yeah, so Van Trees shows up and they say, you know what? We're going to change everything completely, and they were pretty successful with it. Um, Buffalo will be able to run the ball. Georgia Southern stinks on defense, too. I think this game is a track meet. I think both teams score at will. Buffalo has a lot of players in the portal, including – so Buffalo runs two quarterbacks. They have a running quarterback and a passing quarterback. The running quarterback, Matt Myers, is in the portal. Jamari Gossett, their slot receiver, is in the portal. Georgia Southern looks like they're going to be missing one player, Derek Canteen, who's a cornerback. He hasn't announced if he's announced he's transferring, hasn't announced if he's playing in the game or not. Okay. In a game like this, I don't know that a cornerback makes a lot of difference. Uh, I I lean to Georgia Southern here. I lean over 66 as well. Yeah, I'm on Georgia Southern. Um, the Bulls defense allows 391.5 yards per game. And in their last five games, they've given up over 150 points. And when you look at Buffalo's losses, when they get hit through the air for a ton of yards, they lose football games. And that's what Georgia Southern's going to do to them here. I also think that Georgia Southern's going to live in the backfield because Snyder's been sacked 30 times this season, mm. and Buffalo just can't protect him. So I think Georgia Southern wins this one. All right, let's look at the first responder bowl. Memphis minus 7.5 against Utah State, 61.5 the total. Here's what I believe. This is one of the rare games where I think both teams are going to be fully motivated. 
Think about Utah State, who started out basically dead. They stunk. They came on strong late in the season. They won five of the last seven games to get them to bowl eligible. Memphis, on the other hand, they didn't get to play in a bowl game last year. They were supposed to. And on the way to Hawaii, they got the phone call saying, Hawaii ain't playing, friends. And Uh they didn't get a bowl game. Here's what I don't like about Memphis. If you look at their schedule, every decent team they've played beat them. Like they, they, they've got six wins on against crummy teams. Uh, their best win this season is North Texas. So I, I'm not thrilled about that, but I think Utah State's got the bigger problem. Calvin Taylor is out for this game. Uh, he is going to the draft. His backup running back had shoulder surgery. Utah State's not going to be able to run the ball. Memphis's defense is bad. The relative strength is the secondary. I think the Utah State's going to have a hard time throwing the ball, and I don't think they can run at all right now. I also think Utah State's probably going to they're going to struggle in coverage a little bit. Uh, I don't like this Memphis team. I haven't liked them all year, but this matchup points to them handling business against Utah State. What do you see? I still have a soft spot for Memphis because last year they won me the past two years, not including this one. They've won me ever since Seth Hennigan got there. Yeah. They, they, they just, they've won me so much money, uh, you know, and Calvin Austin, everything that he did this year. It's been all about Asa Martin, the running back, who's tremendous in the passing game as well. So I think he has the potential to have a real big game here. They light up the scoreboard 35 points per game. They also surrender 27.3 points per game. So like Houston, every Memphis game goes over. You mentioned Calvin. Except the total in this one, 61 and a half. Yeah, and you mentioned Calvin Tyler Jr. is out. He rushed for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns this year for Utah State. And then Cooper Legas, who took over for uh, Logan Bonner, right? He has thrown multiple interceptions in three of his six starts. Against this secondary, which is a ball-hawking secondary, he turns the football over a couple of times. I think Memphis puts up points with extra possessions, and uh, I agree with this spread being a little bit north of a touchdown. I, I think Memphis can easily win this game by double digits. I like Memphis. I lean to the under, though. I know most Memphis games tend to go over. I just don't. I, I think if Memphis is going to take advantage of this team, it's going to be because Utah State just can't score the ball. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be because of turnovers. So I think that Memphis will score on every one of their possessions, and then if you give them extra possessions, they're going to score even more. So I, I would even look towards a Memphis team total. All right, let's look at the Birmingham Bowl. Birmingham, Birmingham. I don't know. East Carolina minus seven and a half against Coastal Carolina. Total of sixty-two. And this is another one of those games where Grayson McCall is apparently playing in this game. Yeah, because he he posted on social media that he was transferring. Everyone ran to the window and bet on East Carolina. So the spread completely skyrocketed. But they forgot to read the fine print at the bottom of his message where he said, but he's going to play in the bowl game. But the thing is, Jamie Chadwell's gone. He The head coach has already left. He took the Liberty job. Um, Grayson McCall is coming off of the ankle injury. He played. Although, I think he'll be a hundred percent this game. I, yeah, I think that he clearly played before he, he should have. He did not look good in the Sun Belt Championship game. He did not look good. He looked far from himself. Uh, to, to and and you know ECU such a confusing team because Holton Ehlers can throw the ball all over the field and they can score a ton of points, 
But I also watched them play a game against Houston where they scored three points on one of the yeah. worst defenses in college football. And that was their second-to-last game. And then they follow up the next week by putting 49 up on Temple. So I don't know what to expect from East Carolina. I do know that it's, I guess it's a little bit of a regional rivalry game. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but ECU, it's the offensive line. Top 20 in sacks allowed. They give him so much time to throw. Well, there, there's offensive linemen in the portal for both teams, uh, which is, I, I guess, concerning. And, we, and, again, most of these games, I'm telling you now, I don't believe in betting bowl games early anymore. I used to be like the guy who, yeah. when the bowl game, when the bowl lines came out, I was popping games two, three weeks in advance. I honestly think that's a foolhardy move now. I, I, I think you just can't, you don't because you don't know what who's going to play, who's not. Uh, things have changed in the last five, ten years, but particularly in the last year or two, mm-hmm. it's gotten crazy. Because it used to just be, okay, you can tell this guy's probably a top two or three round draft pick. He might not play. Now it's they might not play because they're transferring. Exactly. Uh, or they might be transferring and still playing. I, there's just too many questions. I think the over is the easy play here. I think Grayson McCall will be fully healthy, like I said. Mm-hmm. They're going against an ECU defense that just stinks. They, they're not good. I think Holton Aylers should have success against a terrible, terrible secondary for so Coastal. Here's some de- here's some uh, defensive metrics for both of these programs as far as EPA per play. The, the uh, Coastal Carolina defense, 109th in the nation. <laughs> ECU, we're talking about EPA per play. Uh-huh. 105th in the nation. Yeah, these are bad defenses. So these are two really bad defenses here, and these are two quarterbacks that can certainly light you up. Yep. And don't forget about Keaton Mitchell, who uh, ran for over 1,300 yards this year. I will say this about ECU. Uh, they're they're a little better on defense than Coastal, I think. They also played Navy this year, which is not quite the same. The triple option is not quite the same as what Coastal runs. Yeah. But it's similar, and they did pretty well against Navy. Well, ECU has the number 19 run, run defense in the country. I I like the over here. I like ECU. I think, but again, I think the best play is East Carolina's team total over. What do you what do you, what's your uh, best I'm, feel for this game? My best feel is the over. That's what okay. I wrote down. All right, sounds like some agreement there. Last game for this week for week two of Bowl Mania. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Guaranteed not to be a good game. This is uh, this is the Guaranteed Rate Transfer Portal Bowl. Mm-hmm. All these Wisconsin players wanted Jim Leonard to be their coach. Yeah. He's not their coach. Nope. And they all said, See ya. Okay. We out. I Oklahoma State's got a ton of guys transferring. Spencer this is, Sanders is not. I mean. Yeah. He's gone. Transfer Portal. So it's Gundy's. It's uh, no. Gundy's kid? No, it's uh, the freshman, Garrett Rangel. I don't have a feel for what either of these teams are going to look like. And us trying to project what's going to happen in this game almost a week away, I feel like I would be I'd be giving you bad advice if I said anything yeah. really hardcore one way or the other. I, the I, only my, thing I'll say is Mike Gundy's done very well in bowl games uh-huh. historically. I don't trust, I don't know either team that they're going to put on the field uh, for this game. So I'm steering clear for now. Uh, I guess if you, if you were to say, listen, you've, you've got to make this choice right now. I would say, okay, I guess I'll take the points. If anything, I, I don't want mm-hmm. to, I guess I'd take the points. If I had to choose a side Oak state. And I like, cause I think the game's an under game well, under 43, my, my, my Who scores. They don't, none, none exactly. of these guys, are, none of these guys have played all year. My initial thought is the under both teams will be without 
their starting quarterbacks. Points are going to be hard to come by. Although Oklahoma State's defense, it was so great a year ago. Yeah. They quit. They don't want to play. Mm. They haven't played in months. Yeah. The, uh, Wisconsin is the number 12 running defense in the country. So if Oklahoma State wants to take some pressure off of their freshman quarterback, Rangel, that's going to start in this game, they're going to want to run the football. Wisconsin should be able to stop them. And you This game at, is crazy. Yeah. And Wisconsin's just going to want to run the ball because the strength of their offense is uh, Braylon Allen, who's their sophomore running back. So I, I'm just going to tell you guys, don't bet on this bowl game. Don't bet on it. Yeah. There, you you don't know what's going to – unless you have, like, insider information at Wisconsin or Oklahoma State, stay away. This is a dummy game. I think it's a low-scoring game. I, I tend to agree. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to put any real doll hairs on this thing. I just can't bring myself to do it. All right, best bet time. Best Let's bet. Uh, side first. I'm going to give you mine. You tell me what yours is. Let's come to a consensus. All right. Mine's Air Force because not only do I want to take them plus the four, I'm taking them on the money line. I think they win the game outright. Air Force is my second favorite. Okay. The only one I like more is Wake. So I, I, I'm fine with saying Air Force can be the, the pod best bet. I, I, I think okay. it's good. Uh, as far as totals, uh, I, I think that Wake total over is probably safe too, 58 and a half. Um, I guess m- maybe the, the Air Force under. Air Force unders typically feel pretty good about those. Um, I don't want anything to do with that. Or the uh, the over in the the Carolina game, Eastern Coastal, which is over sixty two. Sixty two is high. I'd feel more comfortable taking the over fifty eight, fifty eight and a half in Wake Forest, Missouri. Um, but we got two terrible defenses in Coastal and in in East Carolina. I think you know what? Let's go over. That's going to be my vote. Over in coastal East Carolina, which to me might feel like one of those. It's going to feel like a seven on seven game. And I think it's going to be a showcase between Ehlers and uh, Grayson McCall. And it's going to be one of those games where, you know, throw caution to the wind, halfback passes, trickeration. We're going to see. You got nothing to lose. It's going to be like a 45 40 game. You got nothing to lose. I I think this one gets. I I like the over in this one. It's my favorite total. All right. So there you go. Over 62. But don't forget, every every Houston game goes over. Over 62 in the Birmingham Bowl. And we're going to go Air Force Force plus four in the Armed Forces Bowl, which, boy, again, the weather looks just miserable. That's why I think the total there is like maybe a bargain because up to 35 mile an hour winds. Yuck. So the game is played. Where is it played? Fort Worth? Yep. So we're going to go Fort Worth weather. Let's see what the latest report. Fort Worth, Texas, 10-day forecast. This game is being played on Thursday. Thursday. So this Thursday, we got, it says, well, what time of the game is it? What the game should be at 7.30 Eastern time. Okay. So 6.30 uh, Central. 6.30. All right. So sundown is... 528 is sunset on Thursday night. Now, I don't know what the hourly forecast for All Thursday right, is, but Thursday the night, best you got. 11 degrees, <laughs> a few clouds from time to time. Okay. Gusty winds diminishing after midnight, though. Well, that winds, doesn't bother us. Winds north at 20 to 30 miles per hour. Winds could occasionally gust over 40 miles per oh hour. Oh, my God. Air Force is the play. It's Air Force has got to be the play. It's the best bet. All right. Well, there you go, kids. Enjoy watching. Boy, 
those poor, poor Baylor Bears. Like you get to not bowl to mention, not to mention, I I get it. Like, that's it's Texas, so we know it gets cold in Texas. It gets and, cold in Waco. And, in Waco, I'm saying Waco, it gets cold just like it gets cold in Fort Worth. But you know where it's also cold? Colorado Springs. Yeah. You know who's used to tra- yep. training at elevation and cold at this time of year in Colorado Springs? Think about this on the sideline. If you played for Baylor, you know what I'd tell you? If we played for Baylor and we were out there freezing our ass off in 10 degrees, I'd yeah. look at you and say, remember last year when we were playing in the Sugar Bowl indoors? And then after the game, we went out on Bourbon Street. This sucks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this daily, sucks. Let's see. Daily weather for Thursday. Oh, here we go. You ready for this? Thursday in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's where Colorado Springs mm-hmm. is in Colorado. One degrees. So this is a vacation for Air with Force. With a real feel of minus 11. Oh, yeah. Air a, Force. A morning flurry. Otherwise, frigid with some sun. Air Force. Coldest day in several years. Wear extra layers if spending time outside. There is a wind chill warning in effect. Air Force is like, hey, at least we're not back there where it's cold. Yeah. At night, it's going to feel, at night, it's going to be minus 15 degrees and it's going to have a real feel of minus 29. It says dangerous cold. Oh, how miserable. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Air Force, best bet for week two of Bowl Mania. That is going to do it for this episode. Actually, no, it's not. We've got to give you, uh, we got to give you a little, little something, something for your time. As of course, we appreciate you guys tuning in to us. And, you know, some of you have been buying best bets packages at pregame.com. We appreciate that as well. That's why we have a special offer for you. You go to pregame.com, whatever you want to get, whether it's a, you can get the bowl season package uh, for myself, for Scott. You can get uh, rest of rest of football for myself or Scott or Fez or, or really anybody. You can do that at pregame.com. You can get McKenzie Rivers basketball, his NBA, Scott's hockey, my college basketball, all available at pregame.com. And right now, it's available at a discount. All you, this is our gift to you, Joy20, Joy20, 20% off for listeners of this college football podcast. Whatever you want at pregame.com. Good until the next release. Joy20, J-O-Y-20. Two zero at pregame.com. For Scott Seidenberg, I'm AJ Hoffman. This has been RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition Bowl Extravaganza Week 2. We will be back this time next week with Bowl Extravaganza Week 3, which Scott says is the that's the real feast. That's what we're all waiting for. This is just an appetizer. But hey, enjoy the guaranteed rate ball. We'll see you next Offense, week. Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We got out block them, we got out tackle them, we got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know, leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. <laughs>